Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you. Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to the Leader Dialogue Radio Show. We're so delighted you could join us. We have a very special show today. Our guests are Scott Medesley, who is the board chair of the Gwinnett Coalition for Health and Human Services, and a number of other roles. I'll have Scott do his introduction in a minute. And Rachel Spain, who is the external engagement director and intersect director for Gwinnett Church. And we are in a series talking about management and responses to the COVID-19 pandemic. Some of you may have heard the national webinar that we did with our partners, the Baldrige Foundation and Guidehouse a couple of weeks ago. And this is kind of a continuity of that or continuation of that series. Today, we're going to focus on something really interesting, which is how do you deal with things like food insecurity? So joining me is also Lisa Council, the Chief Commercial Officer for Soar Vision Group, and I am your host, Ben Sawyer, the President and CEO of Soar Vision Group. So welcome. So let's just kick this off. Scott, could you please provide information regarding your background? Absolutely. Ben, first of all, thanks for having me here today. It's an honor, and we love the chance to partner with you and the SOAR group in this crazy season of crisis. I have been now over 25 years in vocational, primarily vocational. I just call it Christian or kingdom work. I've worked with nonprofits. I've worked with businesses, and primarily I've been a part of local churches and my current role, what I like to call my day job, is director of outreach for Twelve Stone Church, which is a multi-campus church here north of Atlanta. Up, and we have campuses in Gwinnett County, Hall County, and Barrow County. And I really, frankly, and I've been at Twelve Stone now about eight and a half years, and a couple years now in this local outreach role. And I, I like to often say I get to stand on the shoulders of other great leaders. 12 Stone has been in the community for over 35 years and has always had a commitment to do our best to reach out and see how we can partner to help with the great needs of our community. And what that has looked like in my past couple of years is we get to we get to give about a million dollars in grants out into the local and global community. We get to mobilize uh, hundreds of volunteers across our community. We get to uh, engage key leaders from our church that can go into the community and become board members and active leaders within our community. And so it's always been a part of the ethos of who we are. And I have the great opportunity to now sit and uh, lead in this particular area, which has been really cool. So that's my 12th stone side. Do you want me to talk a little bit about our engagement with Gwinnett Coalition and all that? Or do we want to wait on that a little bit? No, please, please go ahead and, and get into that. That's fantastic. That'd be great. Well, in this role, because of the reach of 12 Stone, I've had the opportunity to join a couple of boards recently. I sit on the, the board of the Community Foundation for Northeast Georgia, which is our great foundation here, putting just all kinds of resources into the community, financial and education-wise, and just doing a fantastic job with Randy Redner as our CEO. And then at the beginning of this year, was given an opportunity to join the, the board and then be named the board chair for the Gwinnett Coalition 
for Health and Human Services. And the coalition has existed almost 30 years now. Our director, Ellen Gerstein, has been the founding executive director, so she's been in that seat the entire time. And I've had the chance to come alongside of her in a season where we are taking a new direction for the coalition to really transition it to becoming the umbrella organization under which all of these big issues like food insecurity and homelessness and early childhood education and healthcare are, are sit to have a coordinated effort across our community and partnering with all kinds of different organizations to make sure that these needs are being met and cared for well in a county of almost a million people. And I tell you, that has been not only just a blessing to be a part of, but it has been fun to see our community come together around an initiative we'll talk about here in a little bit to collaborate, to share with each other, to lead together. And uh, it's just been a, a real blessing to be a part of that. Well, Scott, your involvement here has been very timely. And thank you for that background and for the service that you're providing the community. We we are very pleased to support you and the rest of the, the community in this response to this pandemic and and also in these initiatives that you talked about. Uniquely, SOAR has been, prior to the pandemic, helping with that Birth to Five Literacy Initiative, which has been fascinating. And uh, again, it's just been a pleasure to be a part of, of the Gwinnett County response. So Lisa? Thanks, Ben. And the next guest that we have on is Rachel Spain. Rachel, thanks for jumping on. You actually did um, a little bit of a gyration to uh, fill in for Jeff Henderson. So thank you for doing that. Rachel, if you could give our listening audience a background, a little bit about your background and your recent involvement with Scott Team. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here today. And you're right. I do have big shoes to fill um, for Jeff Henderson. So I will do my best to make him proud today. I have been on staff at Gwinnett Church for almost four years now. Prior to that, I was actually in the geriatric medical health care um, field. And so I've always worked in industries just providing hope to people as they've been walking through different transitions in life. And in this role at Gwinnett Church, I've had the opportunity to actually serve in two different areas as our external engagement director. I've been able to provide support and build relationships for different businesses and to different nonprofits in the community, which has been really amazing to see how a community can come together, as Scott was mentioning, and just do incredible things when we come together and aren't concerned with who gets the credit, but just doing the good. The other side is my Intersect role, and with Intersect, we have that across all of North Point Ministries campuses. So Gwinnett Church is a part of um, North Point Ministries here just northeast of Atlanta. And as the Intersect director, my role is to encourage the attendees of our church to mobilize them and to get them to show our community that we really are for them through the ways that we give, serve, and love just different areas. And so partnering up with Scott and everything that he's doing in Gwinnett County um, felt like just a natural fit. And as we were walking toward all of this going on with the COVID-19 crisis at Gwinnett Church, one thing that we always want to do is we want to partner well with people that are doing things with excellence. We don't want to have to pioneer everything ourselves of creating a food bank or, or clothing closets or anything like that. But we have great people in the community that we can partner with. And so as we walked toward this crisis, I very quickly reached out to Scott 
and wanted to partner with him, partner with 12 Stone in the community and say, how can we work together in this process so that we really can get our partners to go further faster since we're throwing all of our resources in the same direction. Awesome. Well, thank you, Rachel. And thanks again for your service and for what Gwinnett Church is doing. It's really awesome to see the synergy across the community of key resources like 12 Stone Church and Gwinnett Church who are serving above self to, to really make a difference. So let me just proceed on here. And this is a question actually for both of you to respond to. Maybe, Scott, you could start off. What have been some of the unique challenges that you and your colleagues have faced in managing these critical community resources like food resources during the COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, Ben. Well, you know, I'll start with a, just a look back to a couple of years ago. About two years ago, through our Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce and then through the Community Foundation, there was a group of leaders that, that decided we've got to get our arms around these big social issues in our county. Our county is growing exponentially. Uh, we're almost a million people now, and in the next 20 years, we'll be almost a million and a half. And our issues, like we mentioned, homelessness and early childhood education and food insecurity are not going away. In fact, they're growing. And so for two years, I've been able to be a part of, along with over 100 different leaders across our county, some of the best leaders in regards to those issues that we have. And the cool part about that was when this crisis came into our community, we had two years of relationships. We had trust. We knew who a lot of the people were that we needed to be talking to. And so it almost felt like two years of hard work to create relationships was for such a time as this. I mean, we just, we didn't have to do any background. We didn't have to go try to forge new relationships or, or garner trust. It was already in place. Frankly, that made the work a lot easier that, that leaders had been proactive to put those teams together. That's a really interesting point that that because you already had those four initiatives underway, the relationships really served as the framework for being able to mount an effective response. Were there any kind of unique challenges, Scott, as it related to, you know, the shelter and home and all of the sort of urgency around this this COVID-19 crisis that caught us off all, all of us off guard? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will say that when this started coming down the pike, in fact, we had our first community meeting about COVID-19 on Friday morning when we could still gather together face to face uh, the night before the, or the day before the president spoke the first time that evening. So we pulled together about 10 of us, some of our co-ops, our community foundation, the coalition, a couple of key business leaders in the community and said, okay, if this is going where we think it's going to go, how do we begin a coordinated effort? And that was really the seed of what we now call our Gwinnett Cares team. Back then, we had maybe, let's call it six organizations represented. Now we have over 46 organizations with well over 60 people on a twice-a-week call. I would say as this unfolded, what has been our biggest challenge is certainly the complexity of communication. How do we communicate across all these different sectors? Our team is primarily, as you mentioned, focused on food and supplies that are needed in the community through food co-ops and other food providers. We also have included issues around 
uh, homelessness or housing issues around those staying in hotels, which is a big part of the homelessness issue in our community. So how do we coordinate that? And, and, and then we're even in a unique season now where we have so many people in the conversation that it's hard for us to give everybody the time and focus that, that they each need to share what's happening. So we're about to go through a pivot with this whole team to begin moving into work teams. You know, I think all of us are adjusting day to day. I'm sure that Ben, your team would say this, Rachel would say the same thing. It's rare that I start a day that by the end of the day, there aren't about three things on my list that weren't there at the beginning of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And and Rachel, that's a good pivot. What what have you seen as some of the unique challenges as you faced, you know, this COVID crisis in collaboration with Scott and his team? I think on our side in particular, you know, one of the things that we try to do is mobilizing the community. And when you hear the old saying, it takes a village, it is so true. It takes the whole community. It is not something that one person or you know, can pull off alone that it really does take mobilizing a lot of people. And and you mentioned it earlier, but even just some of, you know, the guidelines that we have had, the sheltering in place and um, the social distancing and things like that, it is increasing the anxiety and increasing um, potential isolation of so many of our volunteers that would otherwise be serving at so many of our nonprofits and our partners and things like that. So that is, while, I mean, that kind of gets down to the nuts and bolts of, of talking about the anxiety of people, but I think in uncertain times like this, it's very hard to mobilize people to get them to volunteer, as well as getting them to give, and when there's so many different needs out there, we need the whole community. We need the whole community to step up and provide some of those needs, but just the uncertainty. Yeah, those are really good points, and again, it was it, it caught all of us off guard. I can't think of any sector of our economy, not just in the U.S., but in the world that, that really was, you know, anticipated this and had their structure in place, which kind of leads me actually to the next question, Scott. Was there already ample logistical response infrastructure in place within Gwinnett County from FEMA, the CDC, and or other government agencies that you simply needed to activate in response to the COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, I think that's been a real that's been a real patchwork, frankly. I would go back once again to our, our our already built network. The head of our health department for Gwinnett County, Dr. Audrey Arona, has been a part of our healthcare team. And so we knew who to go to, but frankly, things have been changing so fast and and we've just been reacting that we have we've wrestled a bit with how do we get those key resources to the right place. One of the one of the, I will share that when we, we started our Gwinnett Cares team, there were three big needs that were identified that we started to address. One was the food and the supplies. And there certainly was a supply chain there. I think the needs were such that the supply chain was limited on what it could provide. And we had to lean on churches like Gwinnett Church and 12 Stone and Perimeter Church and Victory Church to mobilize their people to bring food and just try to fill the gaps. But it felt like that one was a little easier and even the resources and some of the funds that opened up right away through the community foundation. The second one Rachel mentioned was volunteers. And although we did know we needed key volunteers in the community, as Rachel's already said, the challenge was a lot of, the, the, of our key volunteers, especially with our co-ops, elderly. So they basically were sidelined. And we had to figure out 
how do we direct people to opportunities knowing they're limited and we may have more people that want to volunteer than we're actually going to have space for. So that, that continues to be a bit of an ongoing challenge, especially with the stay in place orders. And then lastly was the resources. What we have done in our community has been exceptional through churches, through the community foundation, through our county, through the school system. We have mobilized emergency dollars in ways that have just surprised me. Challenge now is as this thing carries on and we're now well over a month in, those dollars are going to begin drying up a bit. We're going to have to depend more on the FEMA, the federal, the state, the county. And those dollars are often slower to come and harder to get to. And so we're hopeful that in the next few weeks, there will be a clean handoff there. But I think that's yet to be determined, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Tell us a little bit about Priority Pulse, Scott, and uh, how it's helping you and your team measure and coordinate your responses to the food insecurity challenges and so on. Yeah, I think, Ben, I'm so excited about with this platform is how Pulse can help us with communication. I have been really acting as kind of the, the point person for our Gwinnett Cares team. And as I mentioned, we have now close to 30 nonprofits. We have the county. We have our school system. We have several churches involved. We have key business leaders. And one of the biggest challenges is communication. And I'll just give a, a small example with our co-ops. Our co-ops have been communicating needs in real time, but that's been coming through a twice-a-week phone call or through a bunch of emails or through maybe a text, or maybe through a personal phone call, and the complexity of trying to communicate simple things like, hey, we need pickup for food, or hey, we need some more boxes or bags, or hey, we need some volunteers. What has almost overwhelmed us is we have no clean way for us to manage the data on what's happening day to day, and then how to simply look at that data and make wise decisions about where the resources go, we've had to handle that in a cumbersome way. And I'm really excited. It looks like we're going to be able to roll out our first phase with Pulse on Monday with our co-ops in our community to get everybody on the same page with our common language and make sure that we all are agreed on what are the metrics we need to track. And then in real time, be able to make decisions based on what we're seeing day to day about how we can help best support these great organizations on the front line with the work that they're doing. So I'm, I'm super excited about the potential of this platform. That's awesome. Thanks for that insight. Let's talk about go forward approaches. Scott, what is your vision as you talk about you know, this organization that's coming together and you talked earlier about taking that larger group and putting it into work teams and so forth. Explain a little bit about this expanded use of that strategy, strategy execution platform like Pulse to help those teams improve overall the logistical response coordination going forward. What are some of your thoughts there? Uh, Rachel will smile at this because she has consistently been a part of our team. But when you have close to 40 plus people on a phone call representing 30 plus organizations and you have one hour, it's really difficult for everybody to have a chance to share what's necessary and update everyone, and then to have the collaborative conversation. And so it has been a great forum. And in fact, I'm going to present on our phone call this afternoon with our team that we do one more week of our large calls twice a week. 
And then we begin to move toward a more targeted team-based approach. And so, you know, some of the teams that we've been working on in, this afternoon are, you know, I'm, I'm certainly sitting with the, the head of food and supplies. We have another leader, Matt Elder, who's overseeing our housing. Uh, we have another leader in the community. There's a very, one of the unique parts about our community is its diversity. And one of our underserved groupings of folks is our Latino community. And so Larry is giving oversight and leadership to pulling together our Latino leadership. Uh, we have a, a, a group of churches that may want to do some things together this summer. And so we're going to be talking to one of our key leaders about taking the lead on that. We have someone that's going to head up our healthcare side of things. We have someone that's been over, giving oversight to our funding. And so we actually see that with each of these teams, that they can hopefully engage the Pulse platform at some point, get clear about what it is they're tracking and the decisions they need to make and the accountabilities that are necessary. And then we'll do one call a week that is just the come one, come all, probably our Friday afternoon call. And then we'll begin asking these key groups to host their own engagement throughout the week and then represent what they're learning and what they need to the larger group once a week. And so, like I said, we're just going to be introducing that idea this afternoon. And my early conversations with our key leaders is that absolutely, we have got to become more efficient and streamline this thing at this point and make that pivot. So does that make sense? That makes actually great sense. And, and Rachel, I'm curious too, when you think about what you've learned uh, and insights you've had as you've been interacting with the team on this, what, what are some of the suggestions that you have as kind of go forward based on those learnings? Scott has hit on some of those, even just the keys of relationships. I know at Gwinnett Church, we work very closely with North Gwinnett Co-op and Kim Phillips over there. And the importance of that relationship and maintaining the contact between her and our church, because I truly believe that people want to serve. People want to help their communities, you know, and I don't think that's just unique to Gwinnett County. I think we're blessed in Gwinnett County that people really do want to serve each other. But I think most of our counties are that way. But the thing is, most people don't know where to or how to jump in and do different things. So those relationships and that communication among the different nonprofits is so vital. But then once we figure out the needs to be able to export that to the community, and Scott and the team has done a great job of creating a website that we have been able to share with the community as well, just letting them know if you want to serve, here are some things you can do, here are some things that you can give to. At Gwinnett Church, we have done the same thing on our website just telling people this is how you can take a step in um, making a difference and, and helping with the food insecurity that we do have in, in Gwinnett County and solving some of those problems. Thank you so much for giving a shout out, Rachel, to um, the North Gwinnett Co-op. I know that they are um, kind of the number one co-op that North Point supports. So I know we've mentioned them a couple of times so far, but I just wanted to say thanks to them and uh, all the great work that they do as a partner for North Point. Okay, thanks, Lisa. So, Rachel, one of the things that you mentioned that kind of struck home with me is there's a lot of goodwill and desire to participate of community members, but the challenge is how to orchestrate, right, and and channel all of that goodwill into a into a efficient and effective whole, right? And that's a little bit, Scott, about what you've been talking about 
in terms of the evolution of this has been starting with good relationships and communication and working more and more towards sort of an efficient and effective way to coordinate all of that great effort. Rachel brought up a great point, and I think it's really important to emphasize one of the things that we've been trying to do with Gwinnett Cares is we are here to simply do the best we can to serve those that are on the front line and make the connections we need to. And one of the things we've had to be very careful of, and frankly, I've had some honest conversations behind the scene, is that we're here to serve. We're not here to control or try to tell people what to do. And I'll give you a great example. This was just kind of cool. We had a donation from the Atlanta Food Bank of a free, I think it was 14 pallets of refrigerated food that our county set up a place to to drop off. And then uh, this was a couple weeks ago. And then we had several of our co-ops come and they picked up the food they needed. And then we had a local business leader that has a trucking company that brought over a refrigerated truck and loaded the rest of the food on there so it wouldn't spoil. And we were able to store it for two days. And then we were able to send over one of our 12 stone staff members to, to go over and meet nonprofits. And then Gwinnett Church sent a group of volunteers over to pick up a, a couple of truckloads worth of that food to take back to the North Gwinnett Co-op. And that could have never worked if we were trying to control something it only could work if we all were working together and felt the freedom to support it, not just through Gwinnett Cares, but also to support it through the local relationships in the community. And to me, that's just a great example of the type of collaboration in the heart of service that has to happen in big, challenging seasons like this. Absolutely. That's a, that is a great capstone on, on our conversation today. Unfortunately, we are out of time. And so we want to just, again, thank the listeners for tuning in. There will be additional information that we provide through this podcast as we continue to help and support organizations in their responses to and management of this COVID-19 epidemic. So with that, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Rachel. Lisa, appreciate your collaboration.